Well, this is the last episode of 2021, which is absolutely mental in my mind. Like, surely it was the summer, like just like yesterday. Like life comes at you real fast sometimes. So make sure that you enjoy the ride, folks. Now, two things are going to happen in this episode. The first will definitely shock you. And I mean, really, really surprise you. Um, because I'm not going to swear in this entire episode. There'll be no effing and no jeffing today. And I'm going to tell you why. A regular and valued listener messaged me about last month's episode and said that I was even more potty and foul-mouthed than usual and perhaps I tipped into taking away from the content and the message a little. Now, I wasn't aware of it being any worse than usual as when I'm getting into my thing and I'm driving my message really hard. Whatever comes out just comes out. Whatever I'm feeling just comes out. Now, Maybe I was trying to work something out myself in that episode and I didn't even realise it. But just as a change, I thought to myself, well, why don't I do this one episode without any swearing? Maybe, uh, uh, maybe you'll really like it. Maybe it'll become a, a regular thing, but who knows? So I solemnly, so solemnly promise to do this entire episode without any swearing. And sure, you can all tell me what you think. Um with a, a little review, perhaps. And I'll definitely stick to it because, as you know, with the Chief Walrus, I always, always keep my promises. And the second thing that I'm going to do in this episode um, of the Speed Mentor podcast, which is episode 178, which maybe ties in with the, the softer verbiage um, of this episode that I've outlined without the swearing and the effing and jeffing. And, and this also might actually challenge your perceptions a little because when you think about it, and when you think about me or you think about the message that I'm trying to get over to you or that the, the behaviours that I'm trying to instil and engender in you, you'll, you'll probably immediately think about taking massive action or creating velocity, or, or chasing down those gorilla goals. Now, there's there's a lot of action, a lot of movement, a lot of activity, a lot of smashing through the brick walls going on there. But, but something happened this week uh, that reminded me about another superpower. And it, it's one that perhaps um, we don't talk about enough, or maybe... Maybe we do talk about it a little bit, but maybe others don't. And I, I don't want to blow my own trumpet because it's actually one of my strong suits. And that's why I feel particularly emboldened to talk to you about it today. And we're definitely going to give it um, some ventilation on this episode of the Speed Matter podcast. Because there are lots, when we talk about success, there are lots of pieces um, of, a, of a jigsaw that, that make up success. It's one of those, you know, success It's one of those huge ones thousand or ten thousand piece jigsaws that you used to get as a kid at Christmas and some of the pieces some of the pieces are really easy ones that they're clearly the corner pieces of the jigsaw that you can identify with two straight edges um, and those are the ones like like goal setting and taking massive action and getting yourself the right mentor etc and those are are the easier building blocks I won't say easy but the easier building blocks but then but then there's the pieces that are part of the landscape that are less identifiable. You know, you might be, you know, the piece that you're not sure whether there's a missing piece in the jigsaw or not, and you, you can't find it. Those are the, you know, the sort of foliage of the trees in the background, or some of the, just the the, the, the colour without any identifiable shapes, etc. in them. And those are the silent parts, the passive parts of the jigsaw. 
but they're every bit as important to finishing the entire piece, even though they're not as prominent. prominent. So today we're going to talk about one of those pieces. And the piece we're going to talk about of the jigsaw is Patience. Patience. That's P-A-T-I-E-N-C-E. Patience. Uh, like I can maybe hear a groan or two from some of the walruses saying, God, he's not going to give us any of that effing and jeffing that we like to lay. Um, and we like to sort of smash stuff up and we like to flex our indefatigability during, during an episode and we want to go for it. But look, I'm telling you that developing the patience is just as essential a part of your armory for success. So bear with me on this one today. So I've, I actually just did a, a quick search on Google and it throws up a, a definition of patience and it, and it says, patience is the capacity to accept or tolerate delay problems or suffering without becoming annoyed or anxious. But that wasn't quite what I was looking for. So I dug a little bit deeper into the Cambridge uh, Dictionary definition and we're getting pretty close with that one, with what I'm going to talk about in today's podcast episode. And it says, patience is the ability to wait or to continue doing something despite difficulties or to suffer without complaining or becoming annoyed. Now, you see, in today's world, we're trained like the proverbial Pavlov's dog to react and respond immediately to everything. Now, this happens through social media, through the rolling 24-hour news cycle, and it's due to the constant... Dopamine hits from all the pings we're bombarded with and we're trained to expect instant results and to engage in actions that will lead to instant gratification because of all those things that are coming at us real fast all the time. You know, like I was talking about, wasn't it just summer last week? Everything's coming at us real fast all the time. But believe me when I say there is gold in giving your plants the requisite time to breathe. It's about it's about charting a course and sticking to that course no matter what the distractions. It's about when you're trying to get a deal across the line and the wheels look like they're coming off. Or when the deal is, is dragging on and on and on. And perhaps when the person on the other side of that deal you think is acting a maggot and it's just so frustrating. You've got to have the patience in that moment to have a still mind in the eye of the storm so that you're not triggered in the swirl of emotions and tempted to blow something up prematurely. Look, I'm just re- reflecting on um, where this came up for me this week. As I'm like any other serial entrepreneur, there's lots of opportunities coming my way and there'll be lots of opportunities coming your way if you're an entrepreneur also. And what often happens is that you agree to buy a business or to partner with someone on a project, or you're raising finance, or whatever the case might be. And as you commit yourself deeper and deeper over a period of weeks, <clears throat> very often, <clears throat> months, over months, and maybe into years, and usually the partners um, you're contracting with or you're engaging with, um, they have their lawyers and their accountants and their other advisors, and they'll end up frying your fucking head until you're Oops, sorry. <laughs> oh, God, I can't believe it. <laughs> we made it this far. Um, I was doing really well. Sorry. Apologies about that. <laughs> and and you're at uh, breaking point. Until they get you to breaking point, okay? Um, the stress can become too much. You know, the deal can take too long until eventually you end up doubting your integrity. Don't want well, to doubting your integrity. Doubting the integrity of the other party. Now, um... I have no doubt if you are an entrepreneur, 
you'll be nodding right now as you think about the last transaction that you got involved with. The pressure gets intense putting these deals together. You start asking if they're using you maybe as a stalking horse or is there something you don't know about this deal or should you have done better due diligence? And as that pressure builds, your mind can play tricks on itself. Then one day, it pops and you send an email blowing the whole thing up um, because your head is cooked. So the pressure and the pressure and the pressure, it builds up. You start doubting the other side. You think they're up to something. You think they're using you as a stalking horse. And then, do you know what? You just send the email saying, you know, I've had enough. I'm out. Even though it's a really good deal. Now, it goes back to what I was saying earlier. It's easier to do something, to react, um, to pull out, because pulling out is an actual action, than to be patient and soak up some more of the pressure. And who could blame you? I mean, no one's going to blame you, because you know why? You'll merrily tell the story about how the other side did this to you, how they were covering something up, how they delayed it too long, how the goalposts were egregiously moved. Um, and all your mates will say to you when you're telling the story to them down the pub, ah, oh, you had a lucky escape there, mate, because your mates will believe your own cognitive dissonance, which is actually masking a part of the process that you simply were not able to deal with because you didn't have the patience. But the, pr- but, but the truth is that the winners, they know. They know that it's just part of the process. They know you've got to be patient because particularly when you're in the eye of the storm, when you're in a complex negotiation or you're buying a business or you're doing a deal, it's never easy. Look, if these things were easy, every mug would be doing it. And we know that. But they're not. Now, the process of transaction, the purchase, the sale, can be actually just as tough as the process of running an actual business. And in fact, in fact, the truth is that often the maximum value from ownership can be accumulated in the purchase and or the sale rather than just the day-to-day ownership. And maybe I'll do a podcast about that one day. Now, when to sell, when to buy, how to do that, how to do the negotiation, the patience at the right moment, a pregnant pause in a conversation. Waiting on a deal that looks like it's disappeared up its own backside isn't easy. But really, you just have to be patient and wait if it's the right deal. Too many people say to the other side, if you don't have this sort of by Friday, end of end of day, I'm off ski. Now, remember, the person on the other side may be dealing with a whole host of issues you're unaware of, such as family members who, who, who have a share ownership, business partners, banks who are saying things differently from the person you're actually negotiating with. That person may have their own reasons for not looping you into all of those issues, and they could be valiantly trying to fix them in the background. But a lack of patience on your part could be the thing which undoes what would otherwise be a fantastic deal. Look, I've had deals that should have taken weeks, that end up taking literally years. And perhaps it's the experience of all of those deals that engenders me with this knowledge. And patience is certainly something which develops throughout your life. But the earlier you realise how critical it is, the sooner your results will improve. Look, I, I mentioned earlier about the dopamine hits we now crave that prevent us from being patient. The urge to ping off a message or an email when we're frustrated, to let them know what we think, or to finish something off. It's very appealing to, to many. But I'm telling you now, it's like a coward's way out. 
It leads to bad practice and bad outcomes. If you want to pull the plug on something or give an ultimatum about completion, then front up to it and make the call or take a flipping meeting. If you adopt this approach of doing it properly, I guarantee you there will be far fewer good deals falling through your fingers, um, which definitely happens from behind a keyboard. Okay, now be patient. Only terminate something which has a, which has a good potential outcome when you're prepared to say it to the person on the other side, face to face. When you're prepared to defend yourself to the other person on the other side and prepared to give them an opportunity to tell you what the actual problem is. Now, if you adopt that approach, I am certain that you will be more patient um, with the process and with its frustrations. Now, it's not the only thing you need the master to be more patient, but it's a quick win for all you walruses out there. Okay, now. You've often heard me say that social media, connectivity, digital communication is a democratisation of marketing, sales and getting your message out there. But it's also the democratisation of impatience and stupidity in this particular context. Now, the ability to send an email, a tweet or a DM or a PM at any time of the night or day, rather than take a short breath or engage in a conversation, has a lot to answer for when it's used as a shortcut. I don't know if you've heard of Benjamin Disraeli. He was one of the, the leading politicians of the 19th century. And he said, patience is a necessary ingredient of genius. Say that again. Patience is a necessary ingredient of genius. He, he's more well known actually for climb, the, the quote for climbing the greasy pole. But this one in this context, patience is a necessary ingredient, ingredient of genius. Now, we all know that the quality of our politicians leaves a lot to be desired these days. And maybe... Maybe it even did back in the Israelis day, the Israelis day. But when you think about it, the political the political cycle is actually a great comparator for our conversation today about politicians or about patients. Because most politicians in the in the Western world, they move to the beat of the drum of a four or a five year election cycle. Now a, a politician should be convinced of their plan. They, they set it out each year at a party conference. They iterate it and tweak it each year um, to allow for the changes of society, to changes in their effective marketplace, like an entrepreneur's marketplace, now ultimately leading to a manifesto before the voters every four or five year cycle. Now, when I'm talking about patience, how flipping patient do you have to be as a politician to go through that cycle? I mean, the success of it all, of all of that activity, of all of that work over four or five years gets judged by the voters or the buyers of the philosophy. Once, one day every four or five years, it's like the ultimate game of patience. And entrepreneurs need to learn from this. I actually started this episode thinking about patience in the very moment when you're in the eye of the storm of a deal. But now we're in the episode, I'm a bit more like getting into the long-term patience that's reflected in this cycle of politics that I'm now talking about. Now, both apply equally and both are as important in terms of patience in that short-term eye of the storm or in the longer term. Now, a five-year cycle, the commitment to a plan for five years, only knowing that it's paying off on one single day when the voters cast their ballot, that is patience personified. Now, we all like to slate politicians, but imagine if you lose that vote after five years and you have to go for another five years, pounding the doorsteps, handing out leaflets, encouraging your team to support you for another five years whilst you try and win over the electorate. 
One loss, one single loss in that entire scenario leads to a 10-year project. I mean, is it any wonder Disraeli said patience is a necessary ingredient of genius? In his field and all of his battles with Gladstone back in the 19th century, those two clearly manifested it. And taking us back to the life of an entrepreneur, the ten- temptation to make instant judgment of our progress, to compare ourselves to others too soon, and before the job is complete, to set our goals and, and then fret after a couple of weeks when they're not achieved, this stuff is cancerous to success and is the antithesis of genius. Now, we're, we're actually getting into the realms here of Gates's Law. I'm, I'm quoting a few people here today. We're, we're actually, I don't often do that, but we're actually getting into the realms of Gates's Law. And I don't know if you've heard that one, but it evidences how important patience and indeed compounding are to outsized success. Now, Bill Gates said that most people overestimate what they can achieve in a year and underestimate what they can achieve in 10 years. So Gates's Law is so important as that piece of the jigsaw that's hard to find amongst all of the other pieces. So I want to I want to give you a couple of thoughts about Gates's Law there um, that I have that are critical to deploying patients successfully to your advantage. So we underestimate what can be achieved in our lives. And do you know why? The reason is we apply the physical metrics of where we are in our life right now when we judge how our lives will look in the future. So in other words, if you're on an hourly rate right now of £12 an hour in your job or £20 or whatever it is, it's very difficult to look ahead 10 years and visualise how you'll be running a multi-million or a billion pound business in the future. Now, as I say, because the parameters which we we have in our lives are present, it's hard to see past them to how your, your, your future can change so dramatically. Now, furthermore, there's a slightly different slant on it. After you listen to the Speed Mentor or you read an enriching book or when it's the 1st of January and you're going to change everything in your entire life, the motivation that's present in you at that very moment when the endorphins are banging and you're so up for it and your life is going to change and be so amazing. Well, the truth of the truth of it is, is that that feeling is very short-lived and it's unlikely to be there in the same context the following week. And that's when 99% of people give up. So we need to be conscious of the process. We need to be patient for the longer term we need to give the eighth wonder of the world, as Buffett called it, the, the compounding, the, the time to take, event, or to take effect. We need to be patient in the short term and don't rush important decisions in a quick message or an email. Okay? I tell you this from experience, my friends. Ten years ago, I was penniless, effectively homeless, living in my sister-in-law's back bedroom with my wife and three kids. But I was working on a plan giving it the time to grow, being patient with myself and being patient with the plan, allowing the necessary time to heal and to rebuild, being patient, patient with the process. Look, stay in the course of five years in my sister-in-law's back bedroom um, with my whole family, resisting resisting the urge to get our own home and start competing with the Joneses next door again, like so many others do day in, day out, was absolutely critical to the process. I knew that taking the right action would deliver the results. It didn't matter if I was living in my sister-in-law's back bedroom. I was patient and you too must be patient. Now we made it through, well we almost made it through the entire 
episode without me swearing. There's one wee slip. I might get it edited out or I mightn't bother. Who knows? You only find out in the day that you listen. But if you like the new tone down me, give me the five star review you've been promising me. I mean, the reviews are really do make a difference. And to be fair, I've been waiting patiently <laughs> these 178 episodes for your actual review. So there you have it. Be sloppy in your approach to life or make a plan and then get fucking patient. It's your choice. I'm a man on a mission.